Hello, everybody. Let me just quickly go over our disclaimer material, then we'll get going here. I'll let you know the presentation is given for educational purposes only. We're not broker-dealers or financial advisors, and we're not making any specific trade recommendations. Also, please be aware that your risk in trading options is substantial, and please make sure you're aware of all your risks prior to placing any trades. Also note that any trades and the results in the presentation, consider them to be hypothetical computer-simulated trades. They're believed to be as accurately represented as possible, but keep in mind that live results can vary from simulated results for many different reasons. So welcome to the three essentials to creating a successful trading business. I'm John Locke with LockingYourSuccess.com. I'm here with our head options instructor and coach, Stephen Hammett. Hello, Stephen. Good to be here, John. All right, awesome. We're here to guide you along the path to achieving outstanding trading results. And I'd like to start with a question here uh, of, am I ready to rely on trading for income? And other ways this might be stated is how do I know when I can quit my job and trade full-time successfully, if that's your goal? How do I know I'll be able to depend on trading for supplemental income during retirement, if that's your goal? Or can I count on trading for additional income to build wealth more quickly so that maybe you can retire earlier or whatever else you want to do with your life? Because now you have the assets in order to do that. So... The Trading Triangle program is what we're going to be talking about today, and that helps you answer those questions and tells you what it takes to become successful long-term as a trader, which if you can do that, then you can do what you want in those other areas. So realize that the Trading Triangle program, it's intended for traders, but it's designed to change your life. This can be a life experience change for you and a drastic increase in the quality of your life and to make changes in what you're doing. So I encourage you to pay attention as we go along here. So the question becomes, why would you listen to me? Well, if you take a look at this picture, this is a picture from the Trading Triangle program. I want to point out some people that are here. Okay, we have, uh, let's see, we have myself, that's me. Okay, this is uh, our own David Heinzen. He is a airline pilot, but he loves his job. And he also trades as an additional source of income. He's a fantastic trader. He's been doing it for years. And he's also educates in some of our educational programs. We have Andre here, who was a professional prop trader for a period of time. We have retired rocket scientist turned trader, uh, Cindy here. We have Tim Pearson, who is now an educator for Aramir, as, as is uh, David Thomas. We have successful trader of the month, Wayne Klump, who had a career change. He was an auto mechanic at the time he came to the program. And as you know, he's also teaching for Aramir, has his own service there. I did a full career change. We have our own, uh, let's see, we have John Wilson, successful trader of the month and professional uh, financial advisor. We have our own Stephen Hammett here, who is a coach. And of course, we have uh, Seth Freudberg, the director of options program at SMB Capital uh, or SMB Training, however you would like to, to put that. So all of these people come to our events, they take our trainings, and they do that because it helps them become successful and better at trading and improve their lives. So I encourage you to really listen up and enjoy what we have to say today. Let's talk about three must-haves before relying on trading for income. First thing you must have is an adaptable trading methodology that works for you and the mechanical skills to adapt that methodology to future market changes. One of the things that is for sure 
the market in the future is not going to be the same as the market in the past. It's not going to be the same as the market today. But if you have the adequate skills and knowledge, you can adapt that methodology as the market conditions change and as they progress. The other thing that's a must have is the psychology and mindset to properly trade and adapt to that methodology. It's one thing to know what to do and know how to do it. It's another thing to actually do it. And in order to do that, you need the psychology and mindset to do it. And the other thing that is definitely necessary if you actually want to make dollars going forward is have a long-term sustainable business model. I think a lot of us trade strategies that have a very high probabilities that if you traded them with a consistent amount of capital consistently, they would make money over time. But yet we lose money or break even on these strategies for years because we don't have a long-term sustainable business model in order to realize those profits. So when we look at these three things, the question is, what are most traders missing? After over a decade of working with thousands of traders, um, I found that most people who've been trading options for several years, they have adequate mechanical knowledge and adequate mechanical skills, adequate mechanical ability to make money in the market. However, very few of them actually have the mindset and the psychology to adequately utilize your mechanical skills and abilities in a way where they can be profitable over time in the marketplace. And even fewer people have adequate financial plans and contingency plans and disaster plans in place to sustain a profitable business where they could rely exclusively on trading as an income source. So we look into why this happens. And one of the most common reasons it happens is what I call the circle of doom. The question is, are you in the circle of doom? Well, how do we know? Well, do you seek the holy grail trade or indicator? Now, if I ask most people this, they will say no. They'll say, no, I don't expect to find a set of trading rules that wins consistently or all the time, and I can be certain about it. I don't, I, don't I don't expect that. But is that true? Most of the time, it's no. It's just something that they tell themselves. One of the things you have to understand about the human being, the human condition and being a human being, is that we have what's called a motivational triad as what motivates us as people from an unconscious level. We seek pleasure, we try to avoid pain, and we try to conserve energy. That is the normal human condition. That being the case, your unconscious mind, regardless of what you logically think, is always going to gravitate towards finding a reward in trading that's making money without pain, that's uncertainty and losses we see as painful as human beings. And to do that in the simplest, easiest way possible where I don't have to logically think about it or use my logical mind in order to do so, because there's been plenty of studies done in the past, using the logical mind is just is equated to pain as human beings, right? They find you find it as painful as actually physical as actual physical pain when you try to overload your logical mind. So if we don't do things to deal with our mindset, we naturally gravitate towards looking for this holy grail trade, even if we don't think necessarily consciously we're looking for it. So we need to be aware of that. Now, how do I know if I'm doing this? Do you seek, a tra do you seek to trade in a way where you can assume profitability consistently with certainty without having to make a lot of decisions involving uncertainty? 
Do you seek profitability without the need to go through time and effort to fully understand how, why, and when your strategy will not be profitable? A lot of us spend a lot of time looking for the strategy that is profitable all the time or creating the strategy that is possible profitable all the time and trying to hide the losing scenario from ourselves. Very few of us will outwardly look for that losing scenario and be okay with it and still trade that strategy. So do you hide weaknesses in strategies from yourself without fully considering their losing scenarios? And do you fully understand and acknowledge what those losing scenarios are and the consequences of experiencing them? Again, most people don't. Most people don't. So this is an indication that you're probably looking for some sort of holy grail trade or holy grail indicator. The other aspect, if we go deeper into this, do you use backtesting or other people's recent results for the purpose of confidence or validation in the strategy or yourself or future performance? Do you say to yourself, if it gave satisfactory results in the backtest, it means those results will continue into the future? Do you say to yourself, if someone else is trading it successfully, I will get the same results going forward into the future? This is a problem, and as we get into it, we'll talk about why. Do you use recent results for confidence in the strategy as well as confidence in yourself? Why are these things problems? Well, if you play the scenarios out, and I've seen these scenarios play out over and over and over again over years and years and years with many, many different traders. If you're relying on recent results for confidence in your strategy and you start live trading it, if you start with losses, you come to the conclusion, this strategy doesn't work. This strategy is no good. If you spent hours and hours and weeks and months and maybe years backtesting it, you'll come to the conclusion that backtesting doesn't work. Therefore, you'll switch your strategy. Question is, what will you switch your strategy based on? The same thing you chose the strategy for in the first place. Other people's recent results or backtesting results, whether they be live or simulated or whatever, and you repeat the process. If you start live trading a strategy, which you eventually will, and you'll start with a series of wins, you'll make this conclusion that the strategy is good. And some people will even make the leap to I am competent as a trader. Usually when people start a strategy live, they trade small, which I believe also is a good idea. But what they'll do is they'll use recent results for confidence in the strategy. And with confidence comes what? With confidence comes position size. So they'll go through a series of wins. They'll increase position size, increase position size, increase position size, all with the prospect or the possibility of a loss going further and further from their mind. In other words, they're, they're essentially discounting the fact that the strategy is going to lose at some point or they've downplayed it in some way. At some point, they're going to come across some sort of a losing trade or series of trades. Because their confidence is based off of recent results, their confidence crashes. As a result, they think the strategy is bad. They feel, they're, they feel they're incompetent. They drop position size. They become less patient. They become more desperate. They switch strategies. 
what do they use when they switch strategies? They, they, they use other people's recent results, back testing results and so forth, same thing they've always been using. And they run the cycle over and over and over again, sometimes for years, sometimes for decades. Quick comment, John. Yes. Yeah, I, this is so, so critical, I think, to every trader, especially traders starting out. But in many ways, it's ironic that the worst part of the circle of doom is if you start out with wins. Because not only do you go through the psychological path that you're describing here, but you immediately get into complacency. You started, you, you don't treat and see risk the same way that you did before when you started. All of a sudden you start thinking it's skill and it's not necessarily luck. And I hope that people are taken away from this. That obviously John's not focusing on the outcomes in the beginning. We're thinking more in the long term. But in these kind, this kind of market we've been in, at least since COVID crash, I would imagine a lot of people probably had some success early on and mm-hmm. then they got whacked. So I just say that because I think a lot of people are in that position where they feel like they had it because they define success through early wins. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Then you have a confidence crash when it happens. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, and that just throws you into this loop that um, it's usually not very beneficial for people. So we want to make sure that uh, that's great point, Stephen, great points. So, one of the keys, though, to real some, with trading is to, to realize that whether or not you start with a series of wins or losses, that live trading is primarily determined by luck. The results in your short-term live trading is primarily determined by luck. So we're going to move along with that. So let's look at these major challenges that we discussed. Seeking the holy grail trade. This is a need for trading to be something that it's not. We know this when we expect there is, or we need there to be a clear process where we can assume profitability consistently and with certainty without having to make decisions involving uncertainty. The problem with this is that trading is a game of uncertainty that is constantly changing and riddled with random luck-driven outcomes or luck-driven results from trade to trade. When I talk to traders about this, they say, well, that, well, that can't be the case because if I accept that, if I accept that trading is a game of uncertainty and it's always changing and it's riddled with random luck-driven results, I can't trade with uncertainty. I can't trade with that kind of uncertainty. If somebody comes back to me with that, what kind of a challenge is that? What kind of a problem is it? It's a problem where the person is not allowing himself to believe the reality of trading. And I can tell you something, when you fight with reality, reality wins 100% of the time. Reality doesn't care what you think. It doesn't care what you want, it doesn't care what you need. Reality is reality. And if you can't deal with reality, what type of problem is it? It's a problem, it's a a psychology problem. It's a problem with psychology. The next major challenge is the need to create certainty through backtesting or other people's live results for confidence in your results and in your future performance. In other words, depending on somebody else or depending on backtesting for confidence that you're gonna perform well in the future. The problems with this approach is that past results on their own, if you're just looking at somebody's results of a trading strategy, it doesn't reveal the weaknesses and dangers in the trading strategy. If they've had good results, it's just that they haven't experienced 
those weaknesses and dangers in the strategies, or they filtered out those, if they did back testing and they filtered out those weaknesses and dangers in the strategy. Also past results do not mean, even if they're, they're done properly and no results were filtered out, they, they don't mean that you can expect the same results going into the future. Markets change, market cycles change, volatility structure changes in the marketplace. All, any strategy you have is gonna be sensitive to that one way or another. And when that changes, you can't expect the same results. Past results do not even mean you would have gotten the same results in the past had you say, traded the same strategy as somebody else. I've done experiments with, with this before. We have the same traders doing the same trades, the same rules over, over the period of time. There's always gray areas. There's always areas we need to make decisions. There's always things that happen. Your results are not gonna be the same as somebody else's results. Even if those results you're looking at are live results because that trader himself has his own interpretation of the rules. He has his own interpretation of what to do in gray areas and so forth and things like that. Past results merely indicate the way the strategy performed, the way the other trader interpreted the rules under extremely specific conditions of price movements, implied volatility movements, and the timing of those movements in the past. That doesn't necessarily have anything to do with how you are going to do with that strategy in the future. Realize that back tests and other people's trading may show fantastic results, even if that trading strategy is a responsible, dangerous, and basically an unviable strategy. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. So we don't wanna be relying on those to determine whether we're going to make money in the future. But I get the, I get the comment, I can't trade without knowing for sure those exact results. What, what I'm gonna be doing in the future. If that is the case, what type of a problem is it? It is a psychology problem. And then we have the need for a constant flow of positive results for confidence in the strategy or for self-confidence or self-worth validation. Why would someone need consistent positive results for validation, confidence in the strategy or self-confidence? Number one would be they have an unrealistic expectation of, well, they could be. We don't know for sure. There are several things it can be, but very commonly it's an unrealistic expectation of what trading is. It's often a lack of understanding of the process required to trade profitably over time, lack of experience, lack of faith, impatience, desperation, a need for self-validation. The problem with relying on a constant flow of positive results is individual groups of results are often luck-driven and are no indication of long-term strategy effectiveness nor your trading ability. Recent results have absolutely no place in determining, determining how confident you should be in your strategy, nor how confident you should be in yourself. Again, what type of problem of this? This is a psychological problem. And when I was discussing this, Stephen and I were discussing this earlier, Stephen asked, well, if we can't rely on consistent positive results for confidence, then, then how do we get confident? And, you know, I asked him, I said, well, think of a thing that you are confident in that you've done in the past, right? And what do you come up with, Stephen? Running, I believe. Yeah, and, running. Yeah. And I said, well, if you, if we, we measure running through time, how much time you have. If you relied exclusively on your time every time you raced for your validation and so forth, in other words, if you had a bad race and you had a bad time, would you completely change the process of what you're doing? And he goes, no. Well, why? 
well, because I've been running for a while and, and I, I know I'm a good runner and I, and I know what I can do and, and, and that type of thing. And the only reason he knows that is because he's been running for a time and he has, and he has experience that he knows that even though he may get a series of bad times or bad results or numbers that he doesn't like, that he knows that he's doing the right thing. And if he keeps doing the right thing, he's going to get back to that same level. But there was a time when he didn't know that. There was a time when you're starting to run and you don't have that experience level. In that case, right, so you might not be confident because you have a lack of experience. You may also be confident, and if you have a lack of experience, that's where faith comes in. You have to look at other people who are successful and look at the not, not what they're trading and not their trade rules. You need to look at what they're doing as far as concepts, their attitude, and, their, uh, and the way that they look at things mentally. And then you can emulate their process and have faith in that process. Choose to have faith in that process. And again, that is something that is a choice to do that. But if you don't have faith in the process, then what's going to happen is you're going to start following their process and then you're going to have a result issue or some kind of a challenge. And then you're going to go do something else that may or may not be beneficial for you. Who knows? But you can keep skipping forever in this circle and continue to do it. So anyway, I just figured I would bring that up. So it's very important that we do that. The other thing is confidence. Also realize that confidence is a feeling or an emotion that you created through a series of rules in your head. In other words, you have a series of rules in your head that tell you I'm allowed to be confident if this happens and I'm not allowed to be confident if that happens. Sometimes those rules don't benefit you. In the case here, it doesn't benefit you. It's like saying I allow myself to be confident if luck is on my side and then trade a very large size and hope that luck stays on my side and doesn't change. Logically, that's not a good long-term good long plan, especially if you're gonna be going out on your own. But that's essentially what you're saying. And you don't want to do that. So these are all psychological problems. My point being that the majority of challenges that experienced traders face are psychology related. They're problems created through beliefs, values, and expectations that prevent you from becoming profitable. And these beliefs, values, and expectations that you have are expectations that you created or adopted without a lot of times without even you being aware of it. So the bigger question is, are these beliefs, values, and expectations, are they beneficial to me or are they detrimental to me? Realize that proper psychology is critical to your success as a trader. The question becomes, how do we fix it? How do we deal with it? Number one is become aware. Right? Awareness is extremely important that these issues are going on in the background. Uh, and then have processes for belief shifts, value shifts, and identity shifts. And that's what the trading triangle is about. I'm going to flip this over to Stephen. He's going to tell you a little bit about it. Okay. Before I uh, jump in, I just want to, I assume some people in the audience here are familiar with John's strategies, the success, his development of these strategies over, has it been 12, 15 years since you developed your first strategy? Yeah, it's been 15 years, 2006. So, yeah. yeah. And obviously a wildly successful retail trader in his own right. He's been a prop trader on a, on a institutional desk. But you also have some other credentials, don't you, John? <laughs> <laughs> that some people may not be 
familiar with, and I thought you might just mention them here as it relates to what I hope we're driving home as the uh, most important element in success. Well, right. Well, Locking Your Success started out, I don't know if people know this or not, we started out as a success coaching business. And I've always been very interested in personal development uh, strategies and so forth. And I, I, I tend to take a personal, a major personal development course every year, which I mean, has thousands of dollars. I mean, we're talking like big time courses here that are very comprehensive. I'm a master hypnotist. I'm a master NLP trainer, a neuro-linguistic program. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's, it's a very powerful science of helping you change your behavior and so forth. And I'm also a past as a martial artist and a fighter. So, and as well as like stuff like adrenaline response training and things like that. So I have a huge background in working with people with this. And of course I've been coaching them for many, many years. So, yeah, I've always just found that to be such an unusual and unique mix, right? So he's NLP certified success coach, personal trainer. So (laughs) Oh, oh, and by the way, he's one of the top traders in the world. So it, it's very rare uh, for educators to have those combinations and have that. So I just want to make make sure people were aware. Some may have been and some may not have been. Okay, so the three essentials, if you want to be a full-time trader, right? So this program, who is it for? Who is it going to benefit? Is it going to be for people who have already had some success, but they're kind of struggling or they, uh, you know, they don't like their boss, they don't like their job and they're ready to jump. Well, really this program is going to be for traders in any stage. And anybody that's looked at the way we outline our roadmap, the success blueprint, we break it up into stages one through five and stage one through three is that beginning stage, which we call our go membership, where you're trading John's trades by the guidelines. That's when you are obviously trying to, well, let me back up. You're at that point where you don't know what you don't know. So you're trying to learn strategies. You're trying to learn the option market. You're trying to trying to learn the markets that you're trading. But that's when it's a good time to start thinking ahead and start thinking, how am I going to treat this like a business? If you ever come into the trading thinking it's going to be a side hustle or a hobby, forget it. You just, it's just you're not going to make it. It's You're not going to treat it serious. So if you're in those beginning stages, that's when I think it's a great time to start thinking, how might this be a business down the road? And then for those that are a little more advanced that are in our pro membership stages four through five, that's when you really need to dig into having that trader mindset. I mean, you obviously should be considering psychology all along, but in the beginning, you, like I said, you don't necessarily know what you don't know, but once you've been punched in the mouth with a plan and you didn't don't have a plan. I think Mike Tyson had said that uh, phrase one time. Everybody has a great plan until you get punched in the mouth. Having that trader mindset is really where that leads to success. So this program is going to be for anybody, no matter what stage they're in. So of the three essential elements, I wanted to take an informal poll. If we could, John, maybe people can answer. How many people felt like psychology coming into this webinar was the most important piece of the three essential elements. Three essential elements being a business model, a trading strategy with positive expectancy, so on and so forth, and trader psychology. How many people felt like, honestly, psychology was the most important piece? Right. They have nobody. Well, I actually, yep, there's one, there's two. Excellent. Okay. Strategy from I appreciate the honesty there. 
Yeah, yeah. And I can tell you too, honestly, for me, it was strategy. Yeah, I, totally. And, and I was a success coach. <laughs> right. right. I came right. in and I, and, I, and I went to this trading thing and I'm like, wow, this is really cool. Right. They may, they make it sound like it's super easy. You're going to come in, you're going to, um, you're going to come in, you're going to find, and you're just going to follow this, my three green arrow system and, and yeah. you're going to financially independent in a short period of time. And I was like, wow, that's wonderful. Yeah. Sign me up. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I was the same, you know, I was like, him a Parvin there. He's, you know, he says strategy. And then Lee says, you need them all. Obviously that's true as well. But Absolutely. I was the same way. I was like, I, you know, all we got to do is find the secret indicator, the secret, you know, even if you know, you're not looking for the Holy Grail, subconsciously, you kind of are right. You're like, well, maybe it's market profile. Maybe it's volume profile. Maybe it's futures, day trading futures, all these sorts of things, you know, is really you're searching for the trading strategy. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Forex. I even, I even find, even at this point, I find myself yeah. doing that. I find yeah. myself as you're doing something, you're looking to put something together that wins all the time. And yeah. I have to interrupt myself, remind myself that no, no, this is right. not what we're doing here. You know, we're trying to make money in the market. <laughs> we're not exactly. To, right. Yeah. And, and probably the easy way to, to frame that, you know, because there's lots of good information out there and there's some bad, obviously, around trader mindset, mental fitness, uh, you know, all the different names for the same thing, which is the psychology or um, in trading is that, you know, this is a high performance business. I mean, think about the market participants you're competing against. This mm -hmm. is not, you know, just mom and pop sitting in the kitchen trading options and batting features across each other. You got the institutional players, central banks. This is like a, you know, uh, if you were in a professional sport with the best athletes in the world. And as we know, what's most important to them to opening the door to allow them to perform at their best, having a proper mindset. And I think that's even, and John, you'll, I know we've talked about this before, how much that component of performance, you know, whether you're a CEO or you're leading some uh, group of people or an entity, how over the years people have really come forward and mentioned how, or stated how the psychology of proper mindset is really the key. It may not necessarily be the edge that you have, but in order to open the door to access that edge in whatever you're doing, you've got to have the mindset component down. So I hope that's a, a way to kind of reframe what we mean by that. Right. Um, right. And Ron's saying, even as a new trader, having completed only a handful of trades and lost or broken even, broken even to date, it takes a winning mindset to keep you yep. going. It, yeah. it really does. It takes a little bit of faith, right? Takes sure. a faith, yeah. And, and, yeah. and you know, we'll talk about this later on. It's the, the resiliency and the ability to pick yourself up and, and so on and so forth. But, yeah, so I, I just, I, I, you know, we do need these three. You got to stick them in the funnel here in the image that we have, and you put them together, and that's how you're going to get the consistently profitable trader. You know, or you can think of it as the three-legged stool. You need all three, but to access the other two, you need the psychology first. So mm -hmm. That's that's the way people can think of that. If I could get this to go. So element number one. Well, let's talk about the trading strategy itself and its mechanics. Right. I mean, and it's extremely important to understand the mechanics of trading. I mean, yeah, yeah, it is. I was just trying to say. It. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, 
John has everything you could ever imagine want to access uh, different programs and venues and our memberships and our success blueprints that goes in extreme detail on uh, the different strategies and the mechanics. I'm going to touch on it here from a higher level as it relates to, you know, the trading triangle, but there is an infinite amount of information that, that we offer as it relates to that to, to down to the, you know, levels that you never would imagine. Right. So as far as like a, the trading strategies and how it fits into a business, this is, you know, I remember I took this class. It was, John and I were joking. We can't believe it's five freaking years ago. <laughs> and I had, <laughs> I participated at John's first live event, which was in 2015. And I had started following John and get involved with his programs in 2014. So I was two years in as a trader following John's methodology. I'd been trading several years before that. So one of the ways that, and John had, offers a portfolio of trades, uh, different strategies that meet different objectives. And after I got done with this class, what I walked away with is having the ability to have a portfolio of trades and not only understand the risk and the style and how it fits my personality, but what's their job? What's their job that I want them to perform as it relates to my trading business? And let me, let me frame this a little further. I remember when we first started, John developed a trade called the M3. I'm sure most people have heard of it. And I can't tell you how many times John would say over the years, he's like, I'd never developed this trade to be a trade. I developed it to be a learning tool. But people liked it for various reasons. I think they found some, it was slow and methodical. The markets were very good for it. It was sort of easy. And I think in some ways it made people lazy, didn't it, John? Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't think of it as a learning tool. They were like, well, it's it kind of wins and I can deal with the losses and I'll just kind of go with it. And John would always say, you know, I never meant it to be a trade. It's a learning tool. And I didn't get that at first. And after I took this course, it, it kind of dawned on me. It's like, you need to have adaptability in your trading strategy and your mechanics and your approach, a portfolio of trades. You can't be a, what, what these people were, where they were one trick ponies. Mm-hmm. When the M3, when certain components changed or the market went through a skew event, or we had a transition in the market, it threw them off. They went in a series of losses and all they did was try to weather the storm. But for me, it was like, why don't I try to develop certain trades that fit objectives. Like for instance, a very simple trade, John's bull trade or a super bull trade, some sort of a credit spread, something easy, a set it, forget it. That just covers my overhead. It's hands off. It doesn't take any bandwidth for me to deal with. And it covers covers my business overhead. You know, maybe it pays for my membership with John and my different, uh, uh, you know, costs associated with my business, equipment internet, so on and so forth. Then I have a trade that grows my account over time. It's a more methodical trade, something that I can kind of tweak. I know I've got a high win rate. It doesn't necessarily knock it out of the park, but I know it's going to grow my account. And then I might have a third trade that has a higher return. It obviously with higher returns comes higher risk unless you are making good risk reward decisions, that risk is going to be uh, more for others than, than not. But like for me, it was the rock trade. So 
I just wanted to let people know, you know, you don't want to be a one trick pony and say, well, I'm going to pick this one trade and it sort of works. And when I identify when the market doesn't, isn't good for that, like Sean's saying, I need to know when it fails, then I'll just sit it out. You need to have the ability to have lots of workers in the, in the factory, if you will, working no matter what's going on in the market. So let's talk about edge as it relates to your strategy, right? So for me, as we talked about before, in order for me to access the edge in the trade, I have to have the proper trader mindset. But as, as it relates to the components of the edge, the way I see it is there's three layers. There's the strategy, there's the application of that strategy, and then there's the psychology of it. So those three, three things work together to create my edge and my trade. So with our strategies, ultimately, it's always about putting yourself in a position to make the best risk reward decision that we can with the, with the market that we have in front of us, right? It's not about just following some rule set or chasing the next shiny object like John has talked about in the past, which is part of the circle of doom, right? If you're constantly mm-hmm. making good risk reward decisions, the outcomes over the long term will take care of themselves. And then another concept or a way to describe how we do our pro trading, and John and I talked about this before, it's what I call structured discretionary approach, right? So my strategy that I trade as part of the pro membership, we use subjectivity, we use some discretion as it relates to reading the markets, the technical analysis and the IB analysis, but there's still structure behind it. There's still rule sets. So I think that's something that people need to understand. You, you can't just have one or the other. Um, you know, right. Totally we're, not go, un- we're, going, we're not going out willy nilly and just kind right. of the market right. hoping that, that, right. that, that it makes sense, right? Exactly, exactly. And as I said before, you, it's, I think it's a good idea to have a portfolio of trades because not every trade is going to fit every season in the market. And some you need to be the ability to deploy um, one or two trades, maybe three t- trades at the same time, something that you, that so that you can express your adaptations to the market. And the big key, you know, the, and you'll see this later in the presentation as well, it's like when John talks about strategies, it's like, most people would say, oh, wow, okay, so how much does it win or when does it win or what's its expectancy? What's its profit factor? You know, all the key metrics that people like to point out that all deal with, quote unquote, success with the trade. John always just comes out bluntly. He's like, when does it hit the wall? When does it fail? When does it wipe you out? When does it take a max loss? That's the first thing he wants to know. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a lot of people. I think this relates back to what you said earlier, avoiding pain. It's a painful thought to think about, right? You don't want to really know when it fails. I mean, you kind of think you do, but you're not going to spend a lot of time on that. So that's probably right. the, the biggest thing you need to learn and know about your strategy and all the strategies. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and knowing I mean, that's going to... And whether they're yeah. for me or anybody else, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just a fact of life. It's just a fact of life. And actually, that allows you to access part of that mental... Um, proper mindset is once you're comfortable with knowing when your strategy fails or sucks or however you want to say it, 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 it can put you in the right mindset. You're like, yeah. I can deal once, with that. Now. Once you've accepted the uncertainty, right. It's fine. It's, it's when you, it's when you try to hide it from yourself, your brain freaks out. Yeah, exactly. And, and when it freaks out, that's the more, the more you need certainty, the more you need security. And then, and then you run into this vicious circle where you just, you, you're in the, it's crazy. In yeah, the, the, the circle of doom, which sounds like a movie title. <laughs> <laughs> it should be, yeah. We should make a movie. Yeah. And so, you know, and then ultimately, 
as we develop into the pro trader status, we move away from just trading by the, by the rules and by the guidelines. We've developed some trader integrity. We want to be able to adapt our trades to ever-changing markets. I mean, John, I was thinking about, guys like 2018, 2019, 2020. Are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> how much change did we see transitions in the market? And when we talk about transitions, not only, you know, the whipsaw price action, but the changes in skew and raw implied volatility. Yeah, I mean, it, un- it, unbelievable. The most changeable market we've ever seen in history. Yeah. I mean, how fast we switch between different yeah. types of markets is insane. So obviously, yeah. the, you know, the, the, uh, the punchline here, the tombstone I have, adaptability comprises our edge. I mean, that is really the key. You've got to have be adaptable. And the, and the other thing, too, that I want to point out is you can backtest that period with a certain trading strategy, and you can time it so that it wins. Right. But you have to be – that strategy has to work through different – the same types of events with different market timings, and that's where – things go awry, right? Because it's easier to time stuff to the past market. Oh, and oh, by the way, it's a lot easier to do a back trader calm with a cup of coffee rather than literally <laughs> sitting through it live, white knuckle going, is the world about to end? Right. When right. those changes come in, Very play, different. Yeah. 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 And you yeah. see something new. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, the second element that I, for me, comprises of edge is how I apply that strategy, right? And I know we've all talked about these things before, but it's important to understand is position sizing. That's one of the one of the is the key thing you control when you uh, when you put uh, risk out into the market. It's your position size. You need to know when to increase it, and when to de- decrease it. You got to have a good risk management plan, which, oh by the way, is very robust in all of our programs. And then you need this is where I think where people fall off, and I would say this crosses over in the psychology part too. Is a process improvement plan. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we preach uh, a debriefing process and journaling our trades. And people will do this from to do that to varying degrees. But if you don't have a process for how you improve your trading, then then you're just really following some set of rules that's going to whack you in the face one day. You're just hoping um, it works. Yeah. Just hoping it works. You're, you're doing the hopium game, and you don't need to make this complicated. I've always told people that you know they say, "Yeah, I had a losing trade last week, and I'm really having some trouble." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's great. You're going to grow. That's where you learn. You don't learn crap from a winner." Especially if you don't review it. Especially if you don't win it. I mean, you can learn something from your winning trades, but most people don't. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm a, let me put on the next trade and up my size. But you learn the most from when, when you take those losers. Uh, and I, you know, we'll talk about this later. That's kind of about reframing, right? I look at losses as a growth opportunity. Mm-hmm. So that helps develop my edge. And then the third piece, obviously, we've been talking about is the mental game. You know, can you maintain an abundance mindset? Or do you feel like, you know, woe is me. And we've all been there. You know, I've stepped in every pothole and, and maybe John has stepped in some of them, maybe not all of them. At some point in time, you think, you know, why is everybody on FinTwit winning? And I can't, I'm just struggling to break even. You got to have an abundance mindset. There's plenty to go around. As soon as you have that scarcity mindset, or you're afraid to put on risk. It's like John has said in the past, it's game over. You've lost your bottle. You've lost your mental, uh, yeah. mental it- capital. And it's really easy if you decide to go out on your own as a trader yeah. and you you run through a rough period, it's really easy to pop into that scarcity mindset, which is, it one, is. Of reasons, one of the reasons why business planning is so important, which we're going to get into. You, right, shortly. right, right. And, and that's another way that we characterize, or I've said to uh, uh, my students is in many ways, our mental capital is more important than our, than our uh, brokerage capital, our physical money capital. Because once you lose the mental capital, it, it doesn't matter. So- yeah. 
in one of our participants said before, you know, it relates to, you got to have superior resilience. You got to pick yourself up. You're going to get knocked down. You pick yourself up. And that's to me, getting knocked down is where you have the growth anyway. And you have to have the ability to manage expectations. You're going to have good seasons, good periods. You're going to have drawdowns. You're going to have breakdowns uh, or excuse me, break even periods. And with good financial planning and business planning, you can weather those periods. Exactly. Go, go to the next. Yeah. Actually, gonna, before you do that, Steve, before yeah. you talk about running the trading business, go ahead. Just quickly, just I'm just going to run through the offer for everybody because this is obviously going to go long, but we're going to have a, a lot of great information. So I encourage you to stick on here. Do you want me to throw uh, you the ball? Yeah, I'm just going to um, share my screen now, and actually, I can do it without uh, you. I believe you should see it now. Yep. And so. The Trading Triangle Program, it, it's about the three essential elements to your success. So the first essential element, as Stephen was saying, is understanding trading systems. So in the program, we uncover the secret to low-risk, high-probability trading strategies. We create and modify, mainly focusing on broken-wing butterfly trades that will help you match your objectives, depending on what they are, how to hedge your positions, when to exit to avoid unexpected drawdowns, how to adjust your position size for success, and adapting to the market with advanced M21 style trade planning. If you don't know what that is, it's essentially taking the context into the, the market into consideration when you're trading and developing a trade strategy specifically for what's happening in the marketplace. We talk about trading systems development and emergency tr- procedures for gaps and market crashes when they experience when you experience that under live trading conditions. Then we talk about the second element of success, and that is the trading business. We dive deep into the business side of trading. We talk about the imperative things to consider before you quit your job to become a full-time trader. Uh, We discuss how much is needed for net worth in order to survive based on what your budget is, uh, how much of your net worth you should be using for trading to remain fairly safe as a trader going forward, based on your specific situation, how to set up budgets, creating cash flow projections, understanding how to position size for success and hedging and disaster planning. And then we have the third element in the trading triangle program, which in, and what I consider to be the most important essential element, and that is psychology. And this is where this program really focuses. I use my background in my training and NLP and hypnosis and my understanding of trading and we bring them all together and to help you identify where your mindset is interrupting you or stopping you from becoming successful in trading and we show you how to skills and techniques in order to use it so you understand your mindset you are aware of what's going on with your mindset and then again we have skills, hypnotic techniques, and so forth to do that, you know, discover how to drop into the zone at will, installing power anchors, and how to collapse anchors that don't serve you. And we have a really nice life-changing example of the values elicitation process. And I think Stephen might talk about that a little bit later. And then we have our special bonuses, right? Values, elicitation process instructions. I do some hypnotic power sessions with the class that's also filmed. Uh, live examples of powerful NLP processes that change. And then of course we have uh, some, some uh, presentations by some of the participants. We have David Heinzen, who is an airline pilot, who talks about trading on the go. For those of you who are concerned that your job doesn't allow you much access to the market, this is the perfect presentation for that because it's hard to trade when you're flying an airplane. They don't take kindly if you try and 
trade while you're, while you're flying, right? Um, uh, the Business of Options Trading by uh, David Thomas. And then we have uh, the Successful Options Trader panel. During that time, we had six successful options traders who won that award. And we got together in a round table and we spent time talking about the secrets to great trading performance. It's just a fantastic, um, fantastic program. So the trading triangle, the art of becoming a successful trader, normally it's 1995. For non-member basics, we have a sale, $100 off, 1895. For GO members and trading performance members, we are 1695 for that. And for pro members, we're only uh, $14.95. So that's like $500 off, that's 25% off. That's a huge discount on that program. It's a fantastic program. If you consider, if you're considering retiring and relying on that income for trading or starting your own trading business and leaving your job, or even if you're just looking for extra income, this is a fantastic program. I highly suggest it. So with that, I will move this back over to Stephen here. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, and, and we'll look at we'll look at questions and answers after the after. Yeah, the end. yeah, yeah. So, I wanted to touch on the second element that's essential to long term success, and that's treating this as a business, right? So, Jones talked about in the past when he gets that that inevitable question from a student is, "What do I need to know to be to be a full time trader or make that transition?" And as I said before, John's first comment is usually, what's your plan for when your trade stops working? You know, And the responses I get are very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? They don't, they, what do you mean stops working, right? And, and this gets back to, loops back to what I talked about is, you know, at least you should have a portfolio of trades, right? So a quality response to that question could be, well, then I'll, I adapt my trading through a different strategy that I know is effective in the, in the current environment, right? But mm -hmm. what most people have is they have one strategy and they run into some sort of a problem in the market, you know, losing streak, or maybe it's breaking even. And then they, what they do is they tweak some of the rules to it and they go do some quick back testing and they're like, okay, that worked. And then what they end up doing is they're um, curve fitting mm -hmm. or form fitting the trade. That's not really adapting to the market. So when you have a business, you got to have be able to sell more more than one widget. Maybe that's a good analogy, right? Well, the key um, is in understanding why the trade was was profitable in the previous market, why it's not profitable now, and then understanding what changes need to be made to make it profitable with what's happening. Uh, because we couldn't backtest the 2020 COVID crash when it was happening. Let's see. We had to adapt yeah. to it when it was happening. Right. Yeah. And then the other question that kind of stuns people that uh, a response that John gives to their question, you know, when should I go full time or what do I need to know is well, what's your plan for other sources of income? Well, wait, I thought I was going to just trade my way to success. I, I need another sources of income or I need to think about that. So, you know, this program really forces you in so many ways, not only from the psychology, especially, but from the business side to ask questions, difficult questions that you wouldn't think to ask and, and, and have to really answer those questions. And so the third one, has he ever, ever really run a business before, right? So you're kind of working without a net, that safety net that you can get when you have um, a regular job, so to speak, that you, know, you don't have that paycheck that comes every two weeks or the big commission check, um, benefits like healthcare or 401k match, 
those don't come along with the trading business. So there was something that you have to think about that, how you're going to replace that. You're going to need some sort of a detailed budget. We'll, I'll show you some examples of that. Um, and I know in the winning trade podcast, John um, showed some of that as well. And you need some cash flow projections of, of your trading business and your trading results, right? You need to think all this through. It can't just be, you know, this trade in the past has kind of done $5,000 a month. So that's what I think I'll make every month. And I'll yeah. draw down a little bit here and there, but the thing it, is too, is you have, the other thing too, Stephen, right? You have to think about if I have a $200,000 a year job and because I actually, this, this is like live things that come to me. This person makes like yep. you know, it's somewhere in that range, $200,000 a year. And then they say, well, I can survive off $5,000 a month. Right. And it's like, well, really, what, what, what's think you have to think about your mindset cha challenges when you when you go to that. Are you really going to be able to yeah. going to be happy trading, living off five thousand dollars? a month? It's a very different reality. And it if really you're not is. prepared for you pre prepared for it, these additional things will turn into stressors, which will impact your mindset, which, as we now know, will really start to uh, negatively impact your performance. Mm -hmm. You know, Absolutely. your trading performance is going to bleed into your trading because you're not going to have the right um, mental framework at that point. And then you also have to have a, a game plan for how you're going to contribute to a savings account and contribute to a rebuild trading account. And this was kind of a concept that was new to me uh, when John introduced this program. You know, uh, we need to have the ability to sock away some money, some of our profits into a, a backup account. Right, John? Absolutely. Backup trading account because, you know, whether you might blow out an account or something may happen that's just we've never dreamed of, just like, you know, last year was something I don't think anybody could have uh, thought about would happen, a pandemic and the way it impacted markets. But you could also have situations like, uh, what was it when 9-11 happened? They closed the markets for three days. What if you had, you know, half of your account in some Weekly trade, uh, a weekly trade that got expired against you because the market yeah. wasn't open. They're not going to just tack on three extra days to the DTE just so your trade is in the good and you get half your account gets wiped out. Do you have a backup account? Do you have a, an emergency trading account you can rely on? So that, that, that was, you know, that's a good example of really robust planning that John brings forth in this plan is we need to- Even with normal to. trading, you have to rebuild your trading account. Because if you have yeah. a $100,000 account and you need $100,000 to create the cash flow that you want to create, if you take one loss, you're not dealing with $100,000 anymore. You're dealing with yeah. $80,000, right? Or, 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 right. 10, or, or especially if it's a couple losses. You right. know, now now you, you you don't have enough money, right? And the, it's the, you know, the old golden goose story, you're killing the goose. Yeah, you have to be able right. To keep the goose healthy by refunding any kind of a losses that you have. So yeah, and that's again, that's not something that's top of mind when people think of of a trading business, right? They maybe sometimes think about what's this the new car, the new boat, the rental, the rental house I can buy. You know, some of those things maybe smart, maybe they're not. But <laughs> a right. rebuild account would be better. And once mm. you have that, then you can move on to some of these other things. So. Obviously, there's a lot that goes into this uh, this decision, and John's this program really walks you through it. Like I said, in a very robust manner. So let's see if we can go to the next slide here. So some of the trading business challenges kind of continue that theme, right? How much money do I really need? Will that change over time? Do I have life life events coming up? Uh, a new 
you know, a baby on the way, or maybe you're getting married, or maybe you're getting unmarried, <laughs> or, you know, life happens, and how are you going to bake that into the cake? You got to have cash flow expectations, right? Um, you got to have disaster planning. Um, I, I always like this one that was, uh, I believe it was Dave Thomas's uh, presentation. He's like, you got to have, a, if I get hit by a bus plan, and that's literally like, I, I'm sure people have thought and about this. He means this, if right? you actually get hit by a bus. And yeah, dead, like right? literally, <laughs> I get hit by a bus. Does anybody know the password to get into my think or swim? Whoa. That I've got $500,000 <laughs> in that my family probably could would like to access. And if it goes bad and expires worthless, I'm basically lost. Yeah, yeah. or just... <laughs> Just even the ability to get the money, you know, you, you need a right. spouse or someone uh, or a family member or some sort of, I guess you would have that. It's the power of attorney, right? To, to be able to access the funds. You need a process for someone to be able to, if there's open positions, to close them, to transfer money. Uh, kind of a morbid thing to think about, but that's part of disaster planning, right? I mean, you have to have uh, have to have those those plans in place. And then the other contingency plans as it relates to sort of the business, right? Backup systems. What if your PC goes down? Do you have a laptop? Do you have a, a backup workstation, PC station? You know, if you've got multiple monitors and a PC and all of a sudden those go down, do you have, what's your plan? What are you going to do? You got, you're trying to exit a trade. You're scrambling to find out uh, where how, you're going to do that on your phone. No, you're not probably. <laughs> Right. Um, and, and your redundancy protocols, if power goes out, there's a storm, your internet goes out, you know, you're going to go to Starbucks and pick up their signal. What, what, what is the plan? Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing that we've talked about before is knowing that markets and strategies go through seasons, good times, bad times, flat times. And how are you going to deal with that? How are you going to deal with those drawdown periods? Are you going to let that affect you mentally? Because I tell you what, this has happened to me, um, and I'm sure this happens to a lot of traders, but how many times are we trying to grind it out in a market that's not really um, a high opportunity market, right? However you want to define that. And we're grinding, we're grinding, we're grinding. We're spending a lot of bandwidth. We've maybe taken a loss. And now all of a sudden the market has its big move and there's a great opportunity in front of you, but you're either mentally compromised or you've taken a loss and you don't take that trade, the best, the high probability trade comes walking through the door and you can't access it. Mm -hmm. You can't even see it sometimes. Can't even see it. And, the, and you look back on the chart, you're like, that was literally the easiest trade of the year. I, and I wasn't prepared for it because I was trying to force that circle through a square when the market was going through a sideways season, if you will, or a mediocre season. You know, not, right. what I mean by that is it wasn't a high opportunity period. Um, and, you know, right now you could argue from a relative basis, we're kind of in that now relative to early in the year and last year. You know, we had really great markets to trade. If you well, know what you're doing. Trading, yeah. Some trade yeah. strategies are problematic, but others, others were fantastic and yeah. unusually well. And what you'll see is everybody's going to gravitate towards those. And a lot of people are going to get in in the end when they're really no longer viable anymore. And right. And the curve, right? And then, and then they get whacked and then all of a sudden a great easy opportunity comes and they're not in a position to take advantage of it. Yeah. And that, that can really hurt you mentally, not, you know, not only in your account, but that happens you, want to be, you want to be prepared and be ready in, a, in the right mindset to take advantage of those easy opportunities. You got another absolutely. comment, Tom? No, 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 absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Oops. So 
as it relates to the business continuing on, uh, lots of great tools and worksheets that we, that John walks through during the program and some of the other partic participants presented. You, you really need to analyze your net worth and how it's distributed. Where do I actually stand as it relates to you know, my different debts and my assets and how much cash and credit cards and so on and so forth. And um, as we talked about before, understanding the cash flow projections that comes from our trading and, and being honest and saying, I'm gonna have some good periods, some so-so periods and some poor periods. How do, what does that look like if I put that in a spreadsheet and, and do some projections? I need to be aware so I can set expectations. What's my spending plan? You know, what's my person, my house, my my household budget? And where are we eating out and spending a thousand dollars a month eating out because right now I can kind of afford it? Or, you know, wh where is all my money going? Are we paying five hundred dollars a month to get the the yard manicured, you know, maybe that's smart, maybe that's not. Are there are there cost scenarios where I can reduce those? So if I'm going to start my trading business, I can do without those things. And I'm, uh, John points out in the program, he's like, you got to be honest with yourself where you can cut and where you can't. And here's another issue is, you know, I think some traders will say, you know, my spouse has a really good job and is committed to carrying the household and while I make a go of it. Um, you know, you have to think through, is that going to contribute? create personal issues as well as financial issues. Those are some hard uh, questions to ask. And I would think that anybody's going to make that kind of decision to get with John and have a real conversation, right? Because that, that, that could lead to some, uh, some serious stresses that you, uh, that are going to impact your trading right, in a exactly. negative way if you don't really think about it. So moving on, the personal balance sheet, like we talked about, here's, here's a snapshot. And I just wanted to share the detail that it goes through, right? So we got the asset side, the liability side, and John's showing that the debt ratio um, uh, of your liabilities that relates to your assets. But look how specific it gets into, right? I mean, it's, it's all the things you need to consider. And this is just a snapshot. It doesn't capture the whole worksheet right. that you want to be able to go through and how it's distributed. Um, and John had made a comment. He's like, you know, there's a lot of people that like to have a, a, a high uh, balance in their checking account because it gives them some sort of self-worth, but they've got monster credit card debt that they're paying 13% on. And he's like, why don't you pay, you know, use the cash on hand to pay down your credit cards? <laughs> do, some, <laughs> do some simple things, right? Yeah. Um, but if, you're, if it's not in front of you like this on a day-to-day -day basis, you may not think of that. So some of this stuff is simple. I know more people are more responsible than others, but you'd be surprised, right? Mm -hmm. um, and a household budget, right? This really goes into detail and exposes things that you, you may not have thought about, like the college fund. And do you have kids uh, that are getting ready to go to college? And what's that going to look like? And are they going to take out loans? Are you going to help finance that? Where can you cut reliable, reliably? from your expenses um, as you contemplate making this jump to a full-time trading. So those are a great tool to work through. And then the trading cash flow projections. Now this is a really interesting uh, spreadsheet because it shows you how you can um, model out how you're going to fund the refund account or refund a trading account in case you blow out. Um, and if you're going to take draws from the account, you know, you have to think about, are you taking money out of your profits? Are you letting your trading account grow? You know, what does that look like? Um, and how does that change with different 
performance in your trading? Right. We went through different types of scenarios where we took real results from our options trade for income trades over time mm. and put them in mm-hmm. here and right. saw how the cash flow um, would work through your, for your, through your trading business and your personal finances. And it's really eye-opening for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and by the way, there's a couple of good questions in the chat. I am almost done with my slides. And as soon as we do, um, we can get those questions unless you want to capture them now, John, up to you. Uh, well, yeah, we can do quickly because there's a couple, just a couple small ones here, I believe. Yeah. So, okay, this is for you. You answered that with Lee. Person has run a successful business our entire lives. Is there enough additional information for what we can already gather through the standard pro membership? Yes, there is because we're dealing, the psychology stuff that we do in this will blow your mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It will completely blow your mind on how we deal with stuff and and how we can transform our mindset and, and to do that. So that in itself is going to be, I mean, if you're not already professionally trained in hypnosis and NLP, that in itself is going to be worth every penny that you have here and extremely beneficial to your trading. Um, and the business part is actually a smaller part of the program. The primary part of this program is going to be dealing with psych, your own psychology. And it's not the crap that you see in your psychology books that you read about trading and stuff. This is like real hands-on exercises uh, and things like that. So uh, I would highly suggest, I would highly suggest it if you're trading with any size and you want to be profitable in trading. I don't plan on starting a trading business soon or at all. Would you recommend other offerings? Like I said, the psychology part of this program and what you should have for expectations with your trading within this program are, are just phenomenal. So in that aspect, I would say, and, and Stephen, you can add in here too, if you want. In that yeah. aspect, I would say this is a very good program for that. But Lee, if, you, if, you, if this program doesn't appeal to you, you can contact me online right, uh, uh, in the, the Skype group or whatever. And you can tell me specifically what your challenges are and specifically where you're at. And I can give you a, a program offering that might be most beneficial. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's a good point. You know, it's, it's, if you're not at that point where you're trying to make that decision, these are certainly some things you want to be thinking about anyway before you make that. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go through all the worksheets and so forth. Right. But necessarily, yeah. right. but, but the, this, there's a lot in this program. It's a very, very, it talks about the three, you know, the three major pillars or three sides. It's of comprehensive. Yeah. That's going to be successful as traders. And I think it's all applicable at one level or another. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Good questions and keep them, keep them coming and I'll, I'll continue to work through. So well, let me go back. So the third element, right. We finally get to it. The, the trader mindset, the psychology, the most important piece now, like John said, this is stuff that you're just not going to get anywhere else. Um, some of the, the exercises we did, the NLP, the uh, swish pattern stuff. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of that, but you're talking about stuff that you're not going to see from other trading, trading educators. Um, and you're probably only going to see that stuff outside of trading. So to have somebody who's a professional trader be able to marry these two together is, is what makes this thing to me so unique. John's offering and his abilities. So one of the things that John uh, presents in the, in the beginning, I believe it was day one of the session, was the six human needs, right? So they're broken up into two buckets. We have personality needs and we have sp- spiritual needs. And the first thing you think is like, wait, are, am I in a trading <laughs> seminar or what the, what the hell are we doing now? <laughs> and you, you quickly realize how, these, how all these things really do tie in together. But the personality needs... 
you know, we have a need as humans to have some sense of certainty, but by the same token, we need some uncertainty, which is really, I think John describes as a challenge to some variety. We have to have those needs. We also have to have, feel special, have some significance in the different places and ways we get that as well as a connection, um, a human connection or a sense of love. And then our spiritual needs, we need to feel like we're, we're, um, we're growing, whether we're having some satisfaction in our life, the different ways that we get that, and that we're making a contribution behind, beyond ourselves. All of these things are so completely related to trading. It's amazing. Right. And the way you meet these needs, because everybody meets these needs differently, the way right. you meet these needs, the process in which you've basically by default learn to meet the needs may be beneficial to trading and may be completely detrimental to trading. Right. Many of these things can sabotage your trading. Mm -hmm. If they're not dealt with in the right way and they're not, and you don't have the right recognition or you don't have anchors and reframing that we'll touch on later. Um, these are, these are just needs. They're not necessarily good or bad, but, but what John demonstrates is how they bleed into your trading and how you can flip them from being a detriment to your success and turn them into being an ally, right? Absolutely. Make them work for you, which is pretty critical because nobody's thinking about, um, I need a connection and love and growth while I'm watching the Russell go up 60 points, <laughs> you know, but, but there is a connection, right? So, absolutely. Yeah. So the most impactful um, part of this program was a one-on-one -on -one session did with, with a student, which, uh, and this is, this is Wayne, which John pointed out earlier, who has gone on to, to great heights and in, in trading. But I, I know to every man and woman that were in this room, John uh, volunteer, asked for volunteers, somebody to come up and do a, a elicitation. And um, I respect Wayne 100%. He's the only one who volunteered. He's the only one that volunteered. <laughs> I mean, it, and, it, and it was it was intense. It was detailed. Um, and it was very powerful. Uh, what John did uh, with Wayne and how they dug into what's really important to him. You know, I think that was the big takeaway or the big point was to say, you know, what's important to you? When you sit somebody down in front of a room and they say, what's important to you? It makes you really kind of think it's a little bit more than I hope the weather is good today, right? Like that's not really what the first thing that comes to your mind. We, went, a, just a, we went just a little deeper. Just than a that. little deeper than that. <laughs> yeah. And you know, let's unpack that a little bit, right? So this, this was a very intense probing of trying to find out what, what truly drives uh, Wayne in this instance. You know, what are his values, his belief systems, his self-identity, and what people in his life impact those things the most? And why do they impact it? And why does he let them impact him, right? And Tom will go into, uh, it discusses why we may think we know what these things are, or we've thought about them maybe on a surface area. You know, like a lot of people obviously are going to say that my spouse and my children are important. But again, you're going two, three, four levels beyond those things, which are very important, right? right. But you're trying to get to the core issues of what drives this individual. Um and like I said, a lot of people, we kind of think we know, or we have a surface understanding of what they are, but then there's others, you know, the other end of the spectrum, they've never even asked those kinds of questions of ourselves. So they're unable to articulate what those are. These things will feed into your trading. 
they will they will manifest themselves as some sort of detriment to your trading over the long run if you don't um, well approach every, these issues. Yeah, everything you want to do but you feel you can't do, or you do the opposite even though you want to do something else, is because of these issues. Right. Right. And, you know, that's like I said, that's like the last thing most people think about when they're trying to uh, be successful in trading. And, and, you know, for me, it's also what are the things that happen in the market market that triggers me when I say trigger that elicits, uh, you know, fear, the FOMO uh, that I, that uh, do I let do I let um, a winning trade define me or a losing trade define me. I mean, those are some of the easier things, but I think we all let happen to us, right? Like <laughs> I can tell you, John could give a crap if he's winning and losing and trading. It doesn't define who he is. And I know on maybe consciously, we may all say that, but I guarantee you subconsciously, a lot of people are, a lot of us are putting a ton of meaning on that, right? Mm-hmm whether we're worthy, it goes back to the six human needs. So um, John obviously goes into how you need to minimize these internal conflicts that we may not know or recognize are swirling around inside of us. So it gets back to once you get make peace with those or have that level of understanding, then you have the, the mental framework in place, which lets you access your trading edge the mechanics, the strategy, right? So it's like, it, it's, I guess the best way to say that is we can't get out of our own way, mm-hmm. right? To access these positive expected trades. So it was a really introspective process that was really difficult, but I think if people watch that and maybe they um, reach out to John and do some one-on-one training with that and can replicate that, or they could somehow uh, do that process with themselves or a spouse or a trusted friend or a trading partner, It'd be, it's so powerful. It's, it's, it's difficult to put into words. I mean, it's really that kind of breakthrough stuff. Um, and I think that's what really is, is the most, uh, most effective uh, in terms of yeah. opening up that path to consistent results is that personal growth. Yeah. A lot of the challenges we have in trading are just there. We're fighting against ourselves. So. Let's, yeah. let's stop that, right? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's and it's an ongoing thing, right? I mean, it's not something that um, it's just cured overnight. So um, this was a really interesting part of the session, reframing and recoding. Um, there's two, two parts to this, anchors and visualization. Anchors was a physical ritual that John demonstrates that we can use to get locked in, to get in that, that, that winning mindset where you're, when, you know, when athletes, you say, Oh my God, the guy was <laughs> went off for 50 points in this basketball game. He was locked in. John demonstrates methodologies as you could do physical methodologies, rituals where you could get in that framework you, or excuse me, that mindset. And that's uh, that's an NLP tactic. If I have that right, John, that's correct. correct. Yeah. NLP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty powerful stuff, you know, like some, you know, we all have those days where like, Oh, I just don't feel like doing this, or I've got 86 different problems that are going on right now. What can I do to just switch and get in my mode for the next 30 minutes so I can, um, you know, be, be the best I could be for the, for the next hour or so, or 20 minutes, whatever it takes for trading. John's got a, John's got a process for that. And that allows you to, allows you to focus on what you can control, right? 
You can control the process. You can't control the outcomes. That talks about the luck component. Outcomes in a lot of ways. You can only, you can, you know, my dad used to say something. He's like, you know, you have to always be, put yourself in a position to be around the luck. You're not going to get lucky if you're not around the luck, right? You're not yeah. going to get, you're not going to have good. good outcomes if you're not making good, um, high, good risk reward decisions. So in other words, if I'm making good risk reward decisions, put myself in high probability situations, I'm around the luck. Yeah. And so that luck's going to come get me. So, and then I mentioned the word Kaizen, that's a Japanese term for continuous improvement, right? So that's something you always want to be focused on is how can I improve my processes so that I'm around the luck and I can get those good outcomes. And then visualization uh, was another powerful component of the reframing section. Being the ability to imagine all the scenarios that are going to happen uh, with our trade, you know, not only the winning scenario, because we all can think of that, but what's the max losses scenario and when does that happen? You know, is this something where you put on a trade and can you have that max loss happen tomorrow? Is it two weeks from now? Um, what are the most likely things to happen? What's the uh, most unlikely scenario? We need to have, we need to envision what all those are and how you're going to respond to that, not react, right? Because when I think of react, it's, it's more of an emote. It has an emotional component to it. You know, you're reactionary. You know, A happened. Oh my gosh, I jumped immediately to B. You want to have a more measured response uh, and visualization is going to help you do that. And that should say quiet. We knew that we were going to have uh, these errors, didn't we? <laughs> we did. Yeah, we have that occasionally. But quiet, quiet the conscious mind. It, yeah. yeah, that should say quiet the conscious mind and let the subconscious mind take over. That was a quote I had in my notes that I've that I've uh, put up on a sticky note on my monitor mat there for years now. But once we we can set our our conscious mind, kind of put it aside and let the subconscious take over. It's kind of like driving, right? Like you're doing a pretty complex activity while you're dri driving a uh, 1500 pound vehicle machine that can go hundred miles an hour and it could be a death weapon. <laughs> and you're not even thinking about how you're doing it. That's sort of how we want to get to in our trading, right? The subconscious right. mind is taken over. Right. But in order to do that, you have to train your subconscious first how to do it. Yeah. And it's just like driving. You can't drive subconsciously if you've never driven a car before. So right. part of that is through visual visualization Oops. and understanding how to trade. So Yeah, really, yeah. and it's really cool. powerful stuff. Yeah. Um, and reframe your perspective, which helps makes, makes our, our losses our greatest learning experiences. You know, mm -hmm. because you can't... You, you know, taking a max loss sucks. You know, we all know that. And it's not like, it's like John says, he's like, I'm not trying to eliminate and suppress emotion. I want to redirect, reframe and recode it. That's a very different uh, approach to dealing with emotions or. Um, right. So that it's useful. So that's useful. That's why I said before, right. I, I have learned to reframe losses as a growth experience as opposed to a bad negative experience. Right. So that I know that I'm going to do better in the long term because there's lots of things I can take away if I do the work um, from what happens in a loss. Right. And whether so, it's true, it's the other thing, too, mm -hmm. when you talk about emotions and stuff, it doesn't matter if it's true or you think you should feel that way. The question you should be asking, asking yourself, is this emotion useful for you going forward? Yeah. If not, you need to change it. That's a great comment. Is it useful? Is it helping me get to my objectives or is it just some sort of self-punishing? routine I'm going through. 
right? Exactly. So this, I just wanted to touch on what we talked about before. You know, trading is a high performance endeavor. And what I mean by that was what I said before, you know, think about who you're competing against in the marketplace. The big, the, you know, the, all the quants, the biggest and best minds, the biggest um, uh, institutional investors and so on and so forth. Um, and it requires a professional set of routines and habits. And this is some of the things that I took away, some of the activities and habits that I took away from the class or I developed after the class is, you know, first of all, said, you know, I need to up my game in terms of how I prep for the day. And that's when I started to do meditation. I do 10 minutes in the morning, which there's other benefits to that, that feeds into our training. I sleep better, I have better recovery, better moods. And that obviously leads to better decision-making, which also can help the subconscious mind take over, right? Mm-hmm. Also developed uh, mindfulness, which to me is more about being self-aware, you know, being self-aware literally in the trading day, like, am I getting irritated if I don't get the execution I want, right? If I getting irritated, if I don't get the result I want, or it was the result was there, but I couldn't access it because I was away from the PC. Am I mad at whatever drew me away from my computer and I should have made the $5,000 profit, but only made the 2,500, you know, have that self-awareness. What are the triggers? What is happening? Why am I reacting the way that I am? And that comes down to, you know, doing some journaling uh, around your behaviors and your thought processes processes during the day. Um, And then uh, having a good solid morning routine, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people, they do the meditation, they may do some exercise, whatever that looks like, something that's more like a habit. Um, It's like, like I say down here, it's like pregame warm up. You know, you, you'll see a lot of um, athletes that go through the same um, routines, the warm up process that they go through every, every before every game. And that's something you'd, you'd want to develop here because this is a high performance thing. You know, I mean, it's not to say that life doesn't get in the way and you have to do things, but if you could develop some kind of a routine, something that's very habitual that gets you prepped for trading. Some people listen to, uh, um, a certain podcast or they listen to certain kind of music that gets them uh, in the right mindset. You know, from like, I can think of what the worst thing to do is, is to turn on CNBC right before the bell. Yeah. You got news, you got noise, you got, I mean, they're selling fear. Yeah, it's just like, that's the last thing you want to do. <laughs> right. Right, so, right. You want to get some serenity before you go into trading. And my, my closing thoughts is, you know, you remember anything you're doing, make it fun. You know, this, this is a business that if you let the negativity get to you or if you think you're having less, lack of success, you got to make this fun. you got to make it exciting. It's not a game of severe ups and downs. And you, know, you don't want to turn into, um, um, what is it, when you're just always in severe highs and lows. It's uh, manic. You know, you don't want to be in a situation where you're manic. You're like, oh, I killed it this month. Oh, I sucked this month. Oh, my gosh, it's up. It's down. you got to manage your expectations and know, know where the, how things uh, actually unfold. And this is something that I, I had to grapple with early on and probably even the middle of my trading. Is trading controlling you or are you controlling the trading? Like, does the markets and the outcomes in your trading dictate everything? Your mood? Are you going to get are you in a good mood? when the bell rings just because you had a winner or a bad mood because you had a loser, right? So 
don't let trading and the markets control how you carry yourself each and every day. Um, and, you know, you got to think like a business. Everything has to have a long, when we say that, what we mean is have a long-term view. You know, businesses aren't just thinking about, can we meet payroll on Friday? But they're also, they have a long-term strategic plan. Make sure that you're thinking in those terms. And find out your why. You know, why are you really trading? And John goes into detail on the different different things and the different needs that you might be um, trying to satisfy within ourselves. You know, I mean, right. certainly there's the financial freedom and you want the financial independence that comes with it, but there are probably some deeper meanings in there and deeper things that are driving that. And have a growth mindset, right? When, when you fall down, you get back up. Anybody can learn to trade. Anybody can do it. It's not, it's, it's, you know, as the saying goes, it's simple, but it's not easy. So you don't want to have that fixed mindset to say, well, you know, only the, uh, the quants can trade and only the geniuses of the world. And you got to enjoy that journey. Um, because, I, you know, for me, I think in the end, it's really about just letting go. Yes, you know, le- yes. Letting go of all those things in our life that we've, the scar tissue that we've built up and just let things happen and have, if you've got all these things in place, you can truly let go and let those outcomes happen. Wow. Awesome. That's powerful stuff, Stephen. Cool. Again, trading triangle, psychology business system. We're having this great sale on it. Retail price, $19.95, $18.95 for basic non-members, $16.95 for Go and trading performance members and pro members, only $14.95. To get this, I just wanted to quickly bring you through the process here is you can either, if you're a member, you can go into the community you go into go discounts and it's going to pop right up here. If you're a Go member or a trading performance member, this is where you'll find that. And you can just complete the process there. And then if you're a pro member, you're just, which is right here, and that will give you your price as a pro member. Also, if you're a non-member or you can, uh, or if you're a member, you want to access it this way, trading courses, trading performance courses, trading triangle. And right along the top, we have a special discount available through July 13th. So that's how we do that. And I'd like to thank everybody for being on here. Let me just quickly check. Is there any other comments you want to make, Stephen? Or No, I thought there was some great questions in there. I appreciate Absolutely. everybody attending. Yeah. 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 This is really a powerful way to improve your trading and improve your life because realistically, everything we talk about here can be, especially in the psychology section, can be applied to any part of your life. And I highly suggest it. Thanks everybody for joining me. Thank you, Stephen, for your great presentation. Thanks, John. We'll see you on the other side. Trade well. Trade well, everyone. Yes.